you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi and hello football fans, your old pal Dave Damashek here. Make sure you check out the Dave Damashek football program. You can watch it on YouTube, NFL.com. You can listen to it on iTunes or Stitcher or NFL.com slash podcasts. We look at the world of pro football and the game called life. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? James Coe here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's an intimate podcast day. A trio. Your three amigos. <laughs> Alex Gellhart, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, behind the glass. What's up, man? Not too much. The three amigos is right. I mean, we're we're kind of the core of this podcast. We've had you know Fabs and Rank and Harmon and Franchise and everybody True. rotating through, but. But this is the this is the tripod that, it's, su- it, that supports the fantasy <laughs> podcast. I was gonna say the big three, the big three too. Okay, there you go. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? Am I? Does this mean I'm like Dusty Bottoms? Or <laughs> lucky, hey man, lucky day maybe. Uh, by the way, man, Wait, which big three would we be going with? I don't, I don't know. know. He said three amigos, so that's kind of where did, I was yeah. going. Well, then he said big three, and that yeah, was making me think like, is this Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce? That or? sounds about right. That that sounds about right. Where so it's like, are you Ray Allen as the like the host and point guard? <laughs> uh, well, Ray Allen was a shooting guard. I would. It's like, am I like the am I the castaway Rajon Rondo? Is that what I am? <laughs> so, uh, no, actually, all this uh, talk of big three though, uh, and then of course we introduce MG, who, who is a big time Warriors fan. And what was I telling you last week, man? Congratulations on the championship. Look, it's not over. They're only halfway there. <laughs> you know what they should do? They, they should just they should cancel the series. Just <laughs> give the championship to the Dubs. Just save LeBron and the Cavs the embarrassment of getting blown out at home. Because uh, that's what's going to happen. They've gotten they've completely given up. Look, they're, they're we're going back to Cleveland. Like there, they there re- are two it, games coming in Cleveland. This is like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Like the Warriors reached into LeBron's <laughs> soul, got his heart, pulled it out, and is like, "Okay, cool, we're done now." Kalima. I like that Marcus <laughs> sent us uh, on Slack our inner office uh, IM client uh, a 
vine somebody made of the scene from The Shining where the kid's riding the big wheel and he runs into the twins, but yeah. the kid riding the big wheel was LeBron and the twins were Steph and Clay. Oh. <laughs> it was pretty great. Oh, that's uh, – <laughs> All right, big time, uh, big time show in front of us here today. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, pumping up the draft kit a little bit more because there's so much great content on there, man. We're going to be talking about bargains. Marcus wrote a great piece there. Uh, talk about some breakout candidates as well. Michael Fabiano, the author of that beautiful column. And uh, through the draft kit, don't forget, you can sign up today. Drafts will open later this week, I think. Don't hold me to this. June 15th. Okay. That's what I've been hearing whispers of when you can actually draft. But you can do mock drafts now. You can do mock can do drafts mock draft. now. Sign up. Like Get your league in there. Get all your friends in there. Sure. I mean, we all know the trouble sometimes of trying to harangue 10 right. people. Like, you know, yep. Kyle, sign up for the league. Like, accept, <laughs> accept the email invite. Like, <laughs> what email? I don't know where it went. Like, is it in my uh, promotions folder on Gmail? Or So start now. Get everybody in. Get your league set up. You don't want to miss out. Because before you know it, drafts are going to be coming up. Preseason's going to be here. And then, bam! It's fantasy, baby. No, no, I hear you. And, and like I said, I, I think the uh, the the mock draft aspect of it is super interesting. I know that. It, oh yeah. T- it might not be draft season per se, but man, mock drafts are really starting to ramp up now. We're really oh, yeah. starting to see a lot more uh, mock drafts start right now. And you could find again, go to NFL.com/fantasy to sign up for all the fantasy stuff and uh, and to find some great content. But if you want to find the draft kit specifically, it's very easy. NFL.com/draftkit. And again, you're going to find busts. You're going to find bargains, breakouts, a lot of B words. Uh, sleepers, deep sleepers. <laughs> sleepers, and de- sleepers and deep sleepers. Can we just call them bleepers and deep bleepers? I mean, just <laughs> keep, keep the this thing going. Yes, absolutely. I do love it. Hey, let's get to our top headlines. Let's do it. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news. All right, top headline coming out of Buffalo. What's up with Sammy Watkins? We don't know when he's going to be back. He doesn't know when he's going to be back. He says, quote, this is an injury where you have to be really careful. The only thing I could do is listen to the staff and take it slow. When is he coming back? No one knows. Nobody. He says he goes on to say, quote, nobody knows what timetable, what or when I'll be back. Thank you, Sammy. That's why I wanted to put this in here because for the weeks preceding this, everything from Doug Whaley and you know Rex Ryan was like, "Oh, we're super optimistic. Like we, he'll be back for sure by week one or training camp or whatever." But this, yeah. Sammy, speaking the truth, like this is the injury, like we said previously, that Julio Jones had and yep. or that or that Devontae Parker had, and like it's a tricky one to come back from. So we Absolutely. don't know. Could Sammy be back by week one? Yes, but like we don't know. So if you're heading into drafts and you're wanting to target Sammy Watkins. There is that big red risk flag attached to him. I will pass. I'm gonna pass on on, on Watkins. Okay, time. so where I mean, where would you take him? Like, if he were still hanging around in like the fourth round, would you take him? I mean, I think I think in most drafts he'll fall to the fourth round with all this. That's news. where he went in our latest in our first uh, analyst. So mock. then okay. rank took him in round four with yeah. the second. Pick okay, so round you four. wouldn't do it there. So then what? Six. Six. Okay. Six. okay. He's not going to be there at six. Probably somebody's going to somebody's going to say too much upside. I'll take him. I mean, especially by the time you get to the fourth, fifth round. I mean, there's. You know, uh, you start looking at those names in that fifth well, round, and you're like, eh. Here's a couple of the guys that went immediately after Watkins, wide receiver-wise, okay. uh, in round four. Fabiano took Demarius Thomas. Uh, Wilk took Jarvis Landry. 
Harmon took Randall Cobb. Oh, take all Franchise took yeah. Kelvin Benjamin. Absolutely. And then Wilt came back around again and took Edelman, and then I took Doug Baldwin. See, I yeah, um, all those guys I like better than um, – I mean, if Watkins was perfectly healthy, I'd take him over all of those guys oh, sure. in a heartbeat. But oh, this, yeah. Oh, yeah. What thing, man? That's uh, It's no joke. And, again, we're talking about a guy, right, that has had a lot of lower body injuries. We're talking about a hip surgery. Um, he had a hip labrum – uh, injury to start his career. We saw a pretty nasty ankle sprain uh, last year that took a, a few weeks to get back from. But, um, yeah, you know, again, just given his injury history um, and kind of given his situation right now where he's saying, I'm not exactly sure, I, I, there's, it, there's a lot to be worried about. There's also a case where to try and set your fantasy drafts as late in the offseason as possible. Like, well, yeah. third week in August, so you can have clarity on these things and you don't get burned by, like, the Kelvin Benjamin. Let me put it to you this way. Let's say he's, let's say he's back and on track to play in week one, but he's missed all of training camp. He's missed, you know, let's say, like, two or three of the preseason games. Let's say he gets a couple reps in. Um, in the fourth week of the preseason, and he's good to go week one. Are you still comfortable drafting that guy? Yes. I yep. mean, a young dude, he's still learning the offense. I, oh, I think he's, he's, still, at, he's good at this point. I think he's front. still learning the nuances of the NFL game. Yeah, well, I, but I think I think you're talking about in that scenario, I think he still is coming off the board early fourth, maybe late third round, which gives you the opportunity to go out and still get a top-notch wide receiver one mm-hmm. to potentially pair up. So if you go and maybe you get a wide receiver in the first round, you take a Des Bryant or something like that, and you okay. come back around in the third round and you get Sammy Watkins, yeah, I think you'll be okay with it. I All think right. I think he's going earlier third or late late second if he's starting week one. Like in that, in this this Mike Evans, Brandon Marshall, Keenan Allen, Alshon Jeffrey tier, Yeah, he's going to slide right into that if he's starting week one. Just because the upside is tremendous. He yeah. was so dominant down the stretch. Um, and he and Tyron <clears throat> Taylor will be back together. And uh, I think I think like you said, you he, sure he's young. He's still learning some of the nuance, yeah. but he's he's almost already there. Like let's not forget he, that game where he played Darrell Revis last year. He roasted him in yeah. that game, but they just, just couldn't connect. He finished with like one catch for four yards. So this this is a guy that understands it. He's got the all the physical tools and if he's if he's back in week one, I am confident taking You're him. in. Confident taking him in round two or three. To give an to give the, the folks out there an idea of where we all have him, um again the, the rankings haven't been, you know, fully updated yet, but uh, uh we've got them all in that eighteen to twenty five range. That's where we got him. Oh, I guess Money's got him at 32, so he, he's not too bullish on Sammy Watkins. But uh, everyone other than Money, and we're talking about myself, Fabs, uh, Alex, MG, and Rank, we, we've got them all anywhere between 18 and 23, are those, those are overall or just among wide receivers? Uh, no, overall. Yep, overall, 18 and 23. So, that you know, that, again, that's smack dab in that uh, second, third round range. But uh, that injury, man, just it just scares me. It, it just really scares me. All right, next uh, headline out of Cleveland. Gary Barnage has sports hernia surgery. No, no. The Barnyard Dog. No. He's going to miss the rest of the team's offseason program but should return for the start of training camp, that according to head coach Hugh Jackson. Um, it, it's supposedly a minor surgery. All surgery that doesn't right. happen. To I always love minor. like Patrick Claybon's the one like yeah it's just minor where they cut open your body and like, <laughs> something and then sewed you back up. Any, yep, that's uh, that sounds minor. Any surgery that doesn't happen to me is minor. If it happens to you, that's minor surgery. If it happens to me, it's major surgery. Um, man, I I don't know what to make of the news. How much do you drop them? 
Um, well, if I mean, at all. I if think at all. Barnage seems to have been fitting around, sitting around in that like tight end five ish range, five or six, you know, for people, those the, the truly elite guys that are ahead of him. But I mean, given this injury now and that he's on the Cleveland Browns, I, I think it'd be, you know, acceptable to drop him down maybe towards that, that seven or eight range instead and take one of those guys that might have been right behind him but who's going to be healthier, like a Delaney Walker or something, over Barnage instead. All right. Um, I, I When I was writing my bus piece, I, I called Fabiano Gelharn Marcus the Trust. Sounds like an awesome <laughs> wrestling stable, by the way. Does. The Trust. It does. Uh, but uh, it's short for the Brain Trust, and the Brain Trust here at NFL.com, we're talking about Fabs, Marcus, and Gelhar. They, they've got uh, Gary Barnage in the um, – Late 50s, early 60s range. I've got him a little bit down, a little, little lower at 73. Uh, so not too much variance there, except for the fact that Rank has him at 87. Wow. And then <laughs> Matt Money Smith has him at 97. So I guess Matt really can't drop him too much further down. Uh, almost out of his top 100. Uh, but yeah, so that that's just kind of give you an idea of what the, the price range is on Gary Barnett. I, I kind of understand where money's going with this. In that the tight end position is is deep, Gary Barnage had seemed to seemed to kind of have a a pop year, um, and again a new coaching staff. Who knows what's going to happen there? I think that's that's my big fear with Barnage is that I mean this is a guy who was a journeyman who I, I think had what like four or five career touchdowns. Even I don't even know if he had that many coming into last year, and then right. he had nine right last season. So regression. you know, there's got to be a big regression. I mean, this is a guy yeah. who had been in the league for a number of years before he finally blew up. So it's it's hard to think that all of a sudden now he's just going to be right. a superstar. Yeah, I, I mean, I so I get where money's going. I get where money's going, but I love the Bonnier dog. I can't take I can't take him that low. I can't drop him that low. Hey, let's go to Oakland, shall we? Uh, Derek Carr should have his own stamp on the Raiders' offense. What does this all mean, Gelhar? What what the hell does this all mean? What what kind of stamp is he going to have? It's it's at that point now, and this is this is offseason trope, you know, danger zone here as well. But where like you hear this all the time with the young quarterback, like oh. Now it, he's been in the system a couple years. Like he's gonna, we're gonna give him more liberty at the line to change plays, uh-huh. or like see what he sees, or like you know put games plays into the game plan and stuff. Because this last year, Carr had a, his second offensive coordinator in two years, but right. now he's got some consistency. He's got great weapons around him. So like this is just the beginning of this potential hype train for him. But why I wanted to put it in here for the discussion is if he does take the next step, and we know he's got two great targets around him with Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Sure. Uh, are we a little too low on Carr? I think we've got him in the like the very early teens, most of us in our ranking. Almost 4,000 yards last year, 32 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. That's amazing. Uh, a 91 quarterback rating for Derek Carr. I mean, come on. It's a young offense, young quarterback. Um, no, you're right. Uh, there's a lot to like uh, about this strong-arm guy out of Fresno. Um, and, and you might be right. He, he's one of those guys where you're tar- if you are waiting on quarterback, and I think this is the year. Uh, not I don't I don't want to say it like this is the only year, but last year I was I was hyper on on taking a big name quarterback. Um, but this year, you you have to wait on quarterback. You gotta, you you absolutely have to wait on quarterback. And I think a big part of it is Derek Carr. I look at guys like Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. Uh, guys with tremendous upside. Blake Bortles is still going pretty late. Um, those are guys that, man, if you're waiting on quarterback, and again, I, I cannot advocate it enough, you got to wait on quarterback this year. Uh, Derek Carr sitting there and looking at you and saying, hey, <laughs> here I am. I-, I could possibly put up top five, top eight production. I mean, yeah. I think I think I won't say he's a lock to be a top ten quarterback. but he's, Oh, he's a lock. 
he's sitting in a really good spot right now. I um, think he's a lock to be a top ten. It's just a matter of whether or not he's going to be to push beyond that. Looking at the uh, the overall ra- the rankings that we put out in the in the draft kit and the player profiles that were kind of the aggregate, and we had our little rankings council yeah. where we gathered. We ended up slotting Derek Carr at 13, but I think he's right in this tier of guys. And you already mentioned a couple of the names out just outside the top 10. Who wouldn't surprise me at all if they were in the top 10 or if not higher. We had Philip Rivers at 11, Blake Bortles at 12, Carr at 13, Dalton at 14, Mariota at 15. Like those are all guys who could, you know, Rivers is already there. We know he's an elite quarterback, but yeah, Bortles, Mariota could take the next step if Dalton is fully healthy and if what we saw last year is the Dalton of the future now, and it's not it's the. Right. It's <laughs> hey now, it's that's that's rude. Why would you it's say not. that? The red rifle. It's not. But anyways, these these are guys that could that could make that step up there. So I think Philip Rivers could take a step back this year. Uh, I love him. I love him as a player. Look but uh, but I think the, he could take a step back. He's got now though. Yeah, Travis I mean, just, Benjamin, Stevie Johnson. It's not the even goat, about that. Danny Woodhead. It's just more about the <laughs> <laughs> It's more about the fact that. This guy's taking a beating I love, back. There. I love how you slide that in. I, oh yeah, I was like, I was, I was waiting. I was like, do I throw in Gates first or just slip Woodhead in here? But nah, okay. the goat, Danny Woodhead. He could. Yes. He has taken a beating. He's taking a beating back there, which kind of makes me concerned a little bit. Yeah. And you know, I, look, I, I like the targets he has. I think Keenan Allen actually is going to have a monster year, especially in PPR. Um, but you know, Gates is old. Uh, Stevie Johnson is is a nice. He's a nice piece, but he kind of disappeared. He was hurt a little bit last year. Travis Benjamin's kind of a nice piece. I just, I just hope they can keep Philip Rivers upright. But to your point, James, yeah. like waiting on a quarterback this year, there are so many great guys that yeah. you can wait, and we'll get to one of them who I don't want to spoil in Marcus's bargains column. But and it, this is the case where like lots of times I don't always advocate taking two quarterbacks, but if you wait, you can kind of hedge your bets on these guys if one does stumble out of the gate or. I agree. Or then you get two shots at one of those guys in this tier. Like yep. you could take Carr and Dalton yep. and hope one of them jumps up there. And then once one does get hot, just ride that hot hand all the way. Um, speaking of the quarterback depth, uh, three of our six analysts don't even have Derek Carr in their top 100. I mean, I think he would probably fall just outside that. I, no, like, no, I agree. Guys, but, but And it's nothing against Derek Carr. It's just that the quarterback position is so why you can wait. Yeah. deep this year. Um, and it's why a lot of analysts have quarterbacks like Derek Carr out of their top 100 because you, you, you figure you could get a guy very similar to Derek Carr in that 10th, 11th round. Um, and there's a lot of quarterbacks staring you right in the face there. Uh, I've got him at 88. Uh, MG's the most hyper on him, and he's got a 74. And I think that's a fair range. I, I really do. Uh, I think Derek Carr is going to be a guy. Don't you guys think that th- there's going to be a lot of variance on him? Somebody's gonna say, "Hey, look, I really believe in him." Oh, in opinions, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of uh, where he's gonna go in a draft, in a ten team draft, a ten team league, I can see him go in the eighth round. I really can't. Well, I mean, look, I I will tell you that my league of record is based in Fresno, California. And uh-huh. I, can, I can guarantee you Derek Carr is going to go off the board <laughs> fairly early. I was going te- to tease you both for a little bit of Pac-12 bias with Derek oh, Carr <laughs> here because you guys have him uh, have him the highest. But, I mean, the thing the thing with Carr is yeah. if, you, if you are a believer and you're bullish on him, you're hoping that what we saw in the first half of the season from him last year right. where he had one, two, three, four, five, five games with 20 or more fantasy points in his first eight – is what he's going to carry over into the second season and not into this season, excuse me, and not the second half of the season where he only did that once because he kind of he kind of slowed down down the stretch and were it not for a couple of decent games against uh, Tennessee and Green Bay, he would have put up rather mediocre numbers down there. But you know, 
Amari Cooper could be taking the next step. Michael Crabtree's already there. Clive Walford. You sure. Know, a lot to like. <clears throat> I will get to a trio of headlines in Green Bay. One of them is that Packers tight end Jared Cook underwent foot surgery. Again, um, not supposed to be a major procedure on his foot, but never a good sign uh, when you see a guy get a procedure done on his feet. It was described as preventative, yes, which is encouraging because they could have been one of those ones where they're like, well, this might not come up later, and then it comes up later. So I'm I'm optimistic from that. But, I mean, I did, like Cook was a total wild card for me yeah. in Green Bay this year. He was either going to be – this was either going to be the year he puts everything together and uh, is a great fantasy asset and a great player. Right, or, or we never need to talk about him again. Or he is who we, th- <laughs> or he, is who we thought he was, and Aaron Ro- even Aaron Rodgers can't lift him up. Oh, man. Um. Uh, Mike McCarthy described him as a big target and very, very athletic. Um, a lot of folks kind of project him uh, to be the number one guy at the tight end position. He will be if he's healthy. Right, if he's healthy. Uh, so everyone's kind of waiting to see if he'll get back for training camp. If not, it's going to be Rip Rogers once again. Uh, the Cal on Cal, Rogers to Rogers connection. I'm, I'm pulling for it. I think it can happen. Um, the other headline, the two headlines surrounding Aaron Rodgers. One, he's given up cheese apparently. No. Wait, he How lived in Wisconsin and yes. he plays uh, in Wisconsin and he's giving up cheese. Apparently. It, with Tom Brady's diet and stuff, right? Uh, yeah, so he's on this new diet kick. Uh, he used to have this 80 20 rule where it was 80% nutritious stuff and then 20% he could, you know. Like like a like a larger cheat day. Yeah, you know, exactly. What he was, exactly. Was exactly. Um, but he's kind of given that up and he's, you know, I, I think, I don't know if it's Eddie Lacy who inspired him. No, I think I don't know. this, sounds, this sounds like a girlfriend. Thing. No, it's Tom Brady that inspired him because the uh, Rodgers and Brady are two of the most like insane, like competitive guys yeah. in in the league. I mean, everybody in the league's competitive, but those right. are the two of the ones. And you hear the stories too, like guys from Green Bay would say you don't even want to play like pick up basketball or like Madden with Rodgers because he's way too so competitive. competitive. Right. So this is one where Rodgers is looking at Brady and he's talked to him in off seasons and gotten help on when he was younger, about progressing and stuff like that. And he's right. looking at Brady playing at an elite level at 38. Yeah. And Rodgers is sitting at, what, 32? And he's yeah, he's like, 32 years old. He's like, if I have to cut cheese out of my diet for the next five years or whatever to, to play at that level till I'm 38 or 40, done then, done. then heck yeah, he's like, I want to win another title. So that's what that is. It's not, Eddie, Lady, it's not Eddie Lacy. By the way, you should get excited about Aaron Rodgers, no? I Why? mean, the guys, I think he's angry about last year. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You talk about the competitive story. I think he's pissed about last year. He's getting in shape. He's got some weapons coming back. Uh, he's got developing talent as well. Yeah. I mean, what Chris Wessling just said this. I was listening when I was at the gym last night to the most recent around the NFL podcast, and he actually said they had their they had fearless predictions. You should download theirs too. It's a great podcast, guys. But his was that the Packers' offense this year will set records because, really? like you just said. When you think about everything that's coming back this year, yeah, he's getting one of the best wide receivers in the league. Jordy back. Nelson, Randall Cobb's going to go back to his more natural position in yep. the slot and is going to be fully healthy. Ty Montgomery developing. Ty Montgomery's going to be back and healthy. They've got Jared Cook now, hopefully healthy. Right. If they get Eddie Lacy slimmed down again, he's, oh my a, he's a top ten back in the NFL. Sure. Like, and then you've got Aaron. You've got Aaron Rodgers, who's like I said, just mad at the world. You know what I mean? He's two years ago they they were you know jobbed basically in the in the in the over an overtime of going to the Super Bowl last year. Everybody in his offense died. This year, <laughs> it's a revenge tour. Yes, everyone did die. Uh, no, you're right. It, 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 man, it's it's hard not to to really really like the Green Bay offense and Aaron Rodgers this year. I mean, of course, everybody's got to stay healthy. I mean, that's just kind of a given. But you got to love that the the continuity. 
Speaking of the continuity, uh, the, the third headline out of, out of Green Bay for me anyways is that Aaron Rodgers is kind of really delving back into the playbook because Mike McCarthy, I guess, has changed the language system uh, of his offense, but a lot of continuity there. And again, we're seeing Aaron Rodgers really get refocused uh, into the game, putting his head in there, really delving in. And there's been reports out of Green Bay that he has 100% uh, adopted this new language that they've uh, installed into the new offense, and uh, and and he's really buying in. And the last thing working in the Packers' favor here uh, is Mike McCarthy's back to calling plays full time. There you go. He stepped off of it last year right. and took it over back late in the season when right. the offense kind of it stepped up to another level again. So yep. I like it. How convenient that when uh, you know there are no players there, when everyone's dead, Mike McCarthy backs off the play call. Now everybody's back. <laughs> You know, I'll, hey, I'll, he took it last year when everybody was still dead. <laughs> oh, boy. Here All right, last headline. Uh, yeah, out of New Orleans, Drew Brees is ranting and raving about rookie Michael Thomas out of Ohio State. He says he, quote, he gets it. He gets it. His improvement over these six practices has been awesome, Brees said in the Times-Picayune. From day one until now, the same mistakes are not being made. He's on to the next set of challenges, and he's continuing to progress well. What do we make of the news? I mean, uh, oh, go ahead, Marcus. Well, do we love it? Do we love it? Sure. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like so. I was you know, not about the time this story came out last week. Will okay. Brinson at the CBS, I thought, had a fun tweet. It just says NFL June, and it had you know a bunch of scenarios that seemed to happen every June. Okay. And first one was Breeze thrilled with parentheses Saints rookie wide receiver. It's <laughs> a great point. So it's a great. I mean, point. look, and I'm not saying Michael Thomas is is you know definitely. Who was it last year? Was it Shantavius something or other? I don't know. I feel like Nick Toon was one once upon a time. Well, Brandon Coleman got. He, oh, that's he, who it was. He didn't, it was get, he didn't get this level of praise, but when it was Brandon Cooks two years ago, it was just like oh, it was off the charts, raining praise every day. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is a slightly different scenario, only because of the athletic profile of a guy like Michael Thomas, right? I would agree, and I why well, I put this on here. Well, I had actually before this article or that story came out, I had pegged Michael Thomas as one of my deep sleepers in the yeah. article, which we'll talk about later on the podcast in a different episode. I mean, and it's on the draft kit, but just because, like you said, his athletic profile and where he landed, it was one of my favorite fits out of the draft for a prospect to a team because don't disagree. They had just gotten rid of Marcus Colston, who yep. was that big, not ultra fast, but a good route runner and a physical guy operating out of the slot and in the red zone. And that's what they have in Michael Thomas now. Because you look at Willie Sneed and Brandon Cooks, they're they're faster, shiftier guys. Both can be can go deep and stuff. But right. you're going to have Michael Thomas as this chain mover now and this big target in the red zone. Yeah. And I for Breeze, I mean, you have to take all this stuff with a grain of salt. Like, <clears throat> it is June, as we said. Like, <laughs> this, you know, they're, they're playing against air, basically. Nothing yeah. has come on. But in that article, too, Breeze specifically spoke to how he gave him, like, a hand signal for a route adjustment. And as a rookie, he made it. Those are, those are little things that are going to help Michael Thomas see the field early and often as a rookie and help him earn the trust of Drew Breeze, which could, in turn, lead to some fantasy points. He's uh, Keyshawn Johnson's nephew. Nephew. Yes. Uh, he's 6'3", 210. Uh, played at Ohio State was 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 a I don't want to say he was a spectacular player there because he wasn't he was a good player there was like nobody was in player. that passing offense that was spectacular though because that offense wasn't predicated <clears throat> on the pass no no it's definitely true uh, that being said um, he wasn't he just wasn't that guy you know what I'm saying he wasn't that guy that took over a game. Um, he kind of sort of lets the ball get into his body a little bit um, and I'm and I'm sure you could drill that out. 
that's fine. But again, we talk about the athletic profile. Very athletic dude. 6'3", 210. Had great combine numbers. I won't bore you with all the 40 times and all that. But uh, a big-time guy and played in a big-time program, and he knows about the NFL game through his uncle, Keyshawn Johnson. Um, and he's got one of the best quarterbacks of all time in Drew Brees throwing the ball. Yeah. Got to like it. So that's that's why he's not somebody you're going to be jumping you know, way up in your draft to get. But – Depending on how the rest of the offseason goes, what we see yeah. in the preseason, he's either a guy that's going to be a great late-round flyer or somebody to keep an eye on on the waiver wire if all of a sudden he starts to make a splash. I mean, you got to keep in mind, too, Marcus Colston, uh, when he was in his heyday, was catching, you know, 75 a, to 85 balls. A thousand, no problem. A thousand and eight, like, every year. Right. Floor, basically. No problem, right? So, like, if you could find that magic again, why not? Absolutely. Why not? All Absolutely. Right. Those are your top headlines for today. Let's talk about the draft kit, NFL.com slash draft kit. Great content on there, as we mentioned. Uh, NFL.com slash fantasy if you want to do a mock draft. A lot of fun, as always. All right, let's get into the bargains. Marcus, give me some guys. Uh, I'll, I'll list off your, the, the ten guys that you had listed. Tavon Austin, Deshaun Jackson, Dion Lewis, Julius Thomas, Michael Floyd, Eli Manning, Marcus Wheaton, Tevin Coleman, Travis Benjamin, and the Chronicles of Theo Riddick are your bargains. Yep. Uh, I mean, the guy that I'm that I'm super hyper on. Give it to me, Tavon Austin. And I, I can't believe I keep <laughs> I keep saying it, and I still can't believe I keep saying it. I know. But, but you know, I think what I think I'm surprised. Well, I think what turns people off about Tavon Austin is the okay. fact that you draft him as a wide receiver, and his wide receiver numbers are not good. No. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who had. Fewer than 500 receiving yards last year. He had 473 receiving yards. Okay. 434 rushing yards. You're, oh, so he had, he had over 1,000 yards. He had over th- or he had, uh, actually just uh, over 900 yards. Um, oh, yeah. I can't, uh, I can't do math. Yeah, you know, math, math is hard. Um, but 907 yards, scrimmage yards, nine total touchdowns last year. And I think what it signals is that the Rams have finally figured out. It took three seasons, but they finally figured out how to use Tavon Austin a little bit. And that really is kind of kind of the way we imagined Percy Harvin was going to be once upon a time. When Percy Harvin was right, he was that guy who was both a runner and a receiver. And I think that's, that's what the, the Rams are going to do with Tavon Austin. And, I mean, you don't, you're not drafting him as a wide receiver one or even a wide receiver two. He's probably more of a flex guy for right. you. But this is a guy who has that dual threat ability, has uh, the ability to get into the end zone. And you look at it, his numbers – he was right up there with you know with guys like Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper. I mean, he he had how interesting kind of top twenty five fantasy numbers as a wide receiver. But you just look at him and you shrug your shoulders because I mean, here it is. He can't even get five hundred receiving yards in a season. But I you think know what's so interesting. He had fifty two fifty two receptions and fifty two rushing attempts. I know it's kind of weird. Yeah, but it's I symmetrical. I, I did hear That's word odd. word out of L A. is that they want to get Tavon Austin or they think he, they can get him a hundred catches this year. Wow, <laughs> which could be. It could Come be. I mean, it could be a lot of dump offs. Could be some bubble screens, <laughs> stuff like that. But it could be. A, it could be a Jarvis Landry type of hundred catches, oh. where every pass he catches no. is five to ten yards no. on the field. No, he's not that guy. He doesn't have. He doesn't have that kind of route running ability in him. He, he's a bubble screen guy. He, he, you know, maybe maybe you throw him a flanker screen and stuff. I mean, Look, I didn't say I believe it. I said that's word out of L.A. <laughs> uh, no. I'm not. I'm not even close to buying that. If he gets to, if he gets to 75, I will be surprised. Even still, though, if you add, you know, 25 more receptions onto his totals, there, yeah. the touchdown numbers might regress. You, Tavon Austin goes in what, like the 10th, 12th round? Oh, if I mean, that, that is potentially if that. I, I don't. Problem. I don't even know if. I don't even know if he's going 12th round. Is he? Like, 
if I if I'm looking there, if I've got you know at that point I've got several wide receivers already. Sure. Um, if I'm just trying to grab a wild card or somebody with like matchup based upside, because Tavon Austin had several weeks last year where he would he did. drop twenty points. He did. Um, that's that's a great addition as a wide receiver four or a wide receiver five. But let's see what our friends uh, at Fantasy Calculator tenth round right now. Tenth, tenth round. round. Um, no one in the fantasy stronghold other than Matt Money Smith has him in the top one hundred. Uh, Matt's got him at eighty. I think I think to me I've got him in that 110 115 range. Yeah, he wouldn't be far outside. Um but uh but again, I I think that has more to do with, you know, the versatility of the skill set and and Jared Goff being there and defenses having to worry about Todd Gurley. I You're right. I I mean, the rushing numbers are definitely surprising. Definitely surprising. His rookie year he ran for 151. His uh second year he ran for 224. And then last year he ran for 434. It's pretty good. Yep. Yeah, they're figuring out how to manufacture it's pretty production good. out of him. But, I mean, it's let's not, not forget, too, this is a guy they traded up for in the first yeah. round. It's right? true. Like, he is extremely talented. It's he's, true. He's athletic. And they're going to want to give him the ball. Last year was just his third season. You know, it, it feels like he's been around a lot longer. I know. I know. But last year was just his third season. No, it's true. It's true. It's because he had so much hype coming out of West Virginia, too, though. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. You know what I mean? Who else do you like in the bargains? Um, another guy that I really like in the bar. I mean, I think I think Deion Lewis is one to keep an eye on. Love I'm, it. I'm sort of hoping people forgot about him. I don't think that's really going to be the case, but I think I think it will be the case. I think the injury will and Beltrix will will scare some people off at least a bit. I don't know a bit a bit. It depends on how how closely people follow like the big the big analysts and stuff. Because I know over at ESPN they ranked him about their RB twenty on the season. We have him about as our RB twenty on the season. So. Okay. When people are doing drafts and that you know you're going you're going through the through that list the, the draft list yeah Deion Lewis is going to be right there but yeah. he's going he's going right now late fourth round in a lot of spots you know which I, I think I think is good in the sense that he can give you maybe fringe RB one numbers yeah you know if sure. if he stays he's got healthy. that upside he's and got that upside I mean let's sure. remember when he was healthy. He was the he was the running back for the Patriots last year. There yeah. really there there really wasn't the rotation. You didn't see a lot of Legarrette Blunt or anybody else. It was when Lewis got hurt that they had to start running different bodies in there. But as long as he's healthy and if they believe in him again, hopefully he has that large share of the snaps. And his his the biggest the big what gives him a safe floor and why I think we all have him so high as people might question it is is his targets and his role in the passing game like he was he was catching a ton of passes early in the season and after he went down they threw 54 balls to James White right yeah like so they James, continued to throw James White got 54 targets right. in New England last year basically trying to be a poor man's Deion Lewis so I think the thing about Deion Lewis that was so impressive was his short area quickness oh god you remember that touchdown he had where, where he ducks under yeah he like tackler. ducks under yeah, a guy yeah. like yeah, two, yeah. two others and scores right, like right yeah, his his short area quickness is on. He put it on display in Week One too. It's great. He was he was putting the Steelers on their butts a lot yeah. in that Week One game. No, no, it's true. Um, here's the thing: four games without Tom Brady. Check down City from Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. Is, is it though? Why not? I mean, I don't know. I I just you know it's I. You you got to figure Gronk's going to get a, a lion's share of the targets. Julian Edelman's still there. Um, I don't know. It's it to me. It's a little bit scary taking him in that fourth round area, only because I I know I'm not going to get Tom Brady for four games. That's my only concern. Which potentially makes him more of a bargain if everybody stays away from him. That's true. No, yeah. I, I I love him. I and, and again, um, the draft star, the the draft strategy 
right now that's really popular is taking wide receivers early. Mm -hmm. So if you're taking those wide receivers super early, there's no question. Deion Lewis has got to be a guy you're targeting um, in that fourth, fifth round range. There's just no question about it. Uh, I agree. All right, who else do you like? Uh, Let's go Elisha Nelson Manning. Man, I love this one. Yeah. I love this one. I mean, and, and it was. I think that was one of the. I'm big on Eli one of the Manning big shit. moments of our first mock draft that we did all together. That yeah. you know, here it is. Everybody takes their quarterback, and everybody feels yeah. okay. And then somewhere was it round ten or eleven? Harmon got him. You know, later, uh, round thirteen. Round thirteen, Ugh. he gets he gets Eli Manning, and I think all of us stopped and looked at that and said, "Dang, wow, yeah, just wow." I mean. Obviously, he's got Beckham there. Uh, I know a lot of us are really big on Sterling Shepard this year. I just sure. think the the continuity with Ben McAdoo going from OC to head coach, but still keeping that same offense intact and, and letting everybody get comfortable in it. I, I just think, think that's, that's so huge. And, and yeah. you know, Eli's that guy that, you know, again, sort of like Tavon Austin. You kind of look at him and you're like, eh, whatever. You know I mean? Unless you really love Manning face. But then at the end of the year <laughs> – Eli's in the top ten. I, I mean, know. he's just hanging out there. So to to get a a legit QB one in a double digit round, you know, in the thirteenth round especially, that's a win. Can we see more consistency out of Eli Manning? That's the only problem, right? Because yeah, on a week to week basis, he's very inconsistent. I mean, you talk about him popping into the top ten. I think a large part of that was the fact that he had that seven touchdown game versus New Orleans, right? I mean, you take that away, and, and he's not in your top ten. Um, can we get more consistency? I'll, I'll ask you that, Wiz. Can, can we see more uh, normalized production on a week-to-week basis? I think that's that's the hope. Now that he has that he now that he has more targets around him, is that he will he will even out a little bit because while he did have a few more peaks and valleys, he only had five games with over twenty or more points. He did have like ten or eleven where he had eighteen or above. Okay, but then he also he also had some some stinkers in there that would sneak in like right. a six-point game or a four-point game. But with the fact that he now has Hopefully, in Sterling Shepard, a consistent option aside from Odell Beckham, and Victor Cruz is a wild card. Like right. he could come back, he could be great. Absolutely, I think that will allow him to to open it up and produce at a more consistent level, as opposed to just funneling all the targets to um, Odell Beckham and having the complete dice roll of throwing it near Ruben Randall. By the way, I still well, no, he won't have Ruben Randall. I know anymore. that's what I'm saying. That's oh, gone. Yes. That was uh, the dice roll. And, and the thing about Ben McAdoo too, I I I gotta believe they're gonna be more high tempo. I got to believe that. Um, I think, you know, uh, it's not going to be full Chip Kelly, but they're going to run more offensive plays, meaning more opportunities to put up stats and be more successful. I, I, I got to think that Ben McAdoo is going to run this offense a lot more high tempo uh, than we saw in the old regime. That's that's my big thing. And, and, and when you get more opportunities, Eli Manning, even again under a Coughlin system that was relatively conservative, Still put up borderline top 10 numbers. What happens when he starts running a lot more plays? I love Eli Manning this year. He's one of those guys, again, with Derek Carr, that if you're waiting on quarterback, and again, you have to wait on quarterback this year, guys. you got to do it. I mean, unless you just have a man crush on Aaron Rodgers or Cam Newton, okay, I get it. But if it's not one of those guys, you you got to wait. And Eli Manning is one of those dudes uh, that I'm taking in those double-digit rounds. He, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, that's that trio of quarterbacks. Uh, when I get into that 10th round and later, I, I don't feel bad about having any one of those guys. I don't feel bad about having any one of those guys. All right, uh, should we get to breakouts? Yeah, sure. Why not? Breakouts. 
This is uh, a Michael Fabiano production. He's got uh, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Lamar Miller, Sammy Watkins, Carlos Hyde, Amari Cooper, Golden Tate, Go- uh, Kobe Fleener, Ladarius Green, and Marcus Mariota. Who do we like in terms of this list in terms of really busting through? I mean, the interesting thing, too, is he's got two guys already that are in the first round. Are they going to really, uh, I guess, I think, break out? And in the article, he defends them with David Johnson and Lamar Miller is that, yeah, they finished they finished highly last year in terms of overall scoring, but right. neither had the amount of touches that you would have thought they could get. True. And if when Lamar Miller actually gets featured back touches in Houston, as he should, and David Johnson is the RB1 for that team for the whole year, right. I think that's why Fabs put him on here is because like they could easily like jump past the numbers they put up last year. All right, there you go. Um, but other guys I like on this list are um, – let's do it. We talk about Carlos Hyde on here all the time. Let's talk a little do bit Do we, about- though? I feel like he's kind <laughs> of going under the or, – or if we do talk about Carlos Hyde, it's always with question marks. Like, is he going to fit in this Chip Kelly system? I think, he gonna I, think, I, I think he is. Is he back from his broken foot? I don't, I don't think there's any question about him fitting in the system, and I don't think there's any – you know, I, I feel confident that he's healthy. The question becomes – what can the Niners do in the passing game to prevent teams from just stacking the box against Carlos Hyde? Yeah, that makes me scared. That makes me scared. The new offense makes me scared. Uh, Again, are we seeing a DeMarco Murray situation here? I don't know. A lot of question marks. The guys guys behind him would make me feel that this is not going to be a DeMarco Murray situation. This is going to be more like the LaShawn McCoy years with Chip Kelly where he feeds Carlos Hyde. And some people have questioned his ability to catch passes and stuff, but I think he's fine at that. I I I think he'll still see the field. Especially with how quickly that offense runs, I don't know that they'd be rotating him out all that often just to get in who Sean Drone to catch passes. I don't know, like uh, know. Uh, Mike Davis. I don't. I don't think so. I, I would well, imagine they keep. They is keep Mike Carlos Davis back. still on the roster? Yeah, they only drafted him like a year ago. Yeah, it hadn't been that long ago. Oh God. Um. So <clears throat> I, I really like Carlos Hyde's potential this year. Okay. And uh, while yes, the 49ers could be bad and they could be playing from behind a lot, which yeah. might not mean a ton of carries for him. He's going to get fed early. He's going to be the guy on the goal line. I think he'll get some passing work. And, I mean, you're drafting him in the in the RB2 yeah. range. Like, yeah. heck yeah. Yeah, you can there all day. Yeah, absolutely. All right, who else you like? Marcus? Uh, um, who else do I like on this list? Let's see. I I do like Ladarius Green. Um, okay. You know, I feel like that, you know, may, maybe that's stating the obvious right now. But with no Martavis Bryant, um, you know, with Heath Miller retired, there are a ton of targets out there available in, in the Pittsburgh offense. And the offense that – you know, it's arguably the most high-powered passing game in the league right now. It's certainly up there. I agree. Um, you know, and, and we saw a little bit of what Green could do last year at the start of the year when Antonio Gates was out with a suspension and, and he was a little bit banged up. Um, Green looked good. He, he certainly looked good in that in that Charger offense. I think going to Pittsburgh is going to be a big help. So I think you know, this is a year that he finally takes that step forward we've been waiting on. I guess the the downside for Green yeah. uh, is that tight end is really deep this year it in fantasy. Is. Although I guess that works I guess that works in your favor if you were drafting because there'll probably be some names that go off the board ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's he going in the, a good bargain. He's going the eighth round. Which um, is fine. Which is fine. I, I love him in that range because remember when Martavis got suspended on this podcast, I surmised that Ladarius Green would rock it up into the, like the fifth round. So Yeah. Oh actually I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I, I apologize. I was on a twelve team mocker. On a ten team mock, he's going in round ten. No. Even better. Even better. Even better. So uh, he's a guy that, like you said, Marcus, uh, with Heath Miller out, Heath Miller averaged like 88 targets uh, over the last several years there in Pittsburgh. He had five tight, five tight end one finishes in Ooh. his 11 years in Pittsburgh. And Give he, me that. He was never the, the not like number one tight end, but finishing as a top 12 tight end. 
and he was never the athlete that Ladarius Green is. So no, Ladarius is going to give them legit speed. Is going to give them a much more dynamic element up the seam. He's going to be able to do a little more after the catch. And I think, as assuming he and Ben get their connection together, he could put up some really solid tight end numbers. Ladarius Green has legit four five speed. I mean, that's like legit wide receiver speed. Yeah. Um, and he's a big body. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to like about Ladarius Green. And you're telling me I can get him in the tenth round? Yeah. Give me that guy. Give me that guy. We've all got him ranked uh, somewhere in the late 70s, early 80s range. Um, I think Matt Money Smith. Oh, Matt Money Smith doesn't have him in his top 100. Oh, Rank doesn't have him in his top 100 either. Interesting. Those guys. Those guys. Oh. Uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. Like I said, tight end is one of those uh, high-variance positions, so I, it doesn't necessarily surprise me. Um, I'm sure they're hanging around that top 100. There's no doubt about it. Um, all right, Gelhar, who else do you like on this list? Uh, I want to talk about Amari Cooper a little Please. bit. Please. I mean, we were giving some love to his quarterback yep. um, in the news section. But Amari Cooper, like everybody, we were so spoiled in 2014 with the Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Kelvin Benjamin, rookie wide receiver class that some people like would view Amari Cooper's 140.7 fantasy points as a rookie as somewhat of a disappointment because he was kind of inconsistent. But right. the guy still played very well, and he yeah, came he into the he came into the league already as the most polished wide receiver in that class. Like we saw him, if you watched if you watched the all 22 of him and just watch him, he puts cornerbacks on skates more often than many wide receivers of his age uh, should. So him taking that next step, he's got you know a full another full off season of reps, same offense. More rapport with uh, Derek Carr. The one thing we need to see jump up for him are his red zone targets because yep. Michael Crabtree and others owned him there. Right. But if those even out a little bit more, man, I think Amari Cooper could definitely jump up to the to the bottom end of that wide receiver one status. Yeah, I like him a lot. I mean, what what a great what a great landing spot for him too, right? Go, to to pair up with Derek Carr, young quarterback. Yep, it's great. I absolutely love it. Um, I know Fabs has been ridiculously high on Kobe Fleener. And I feel like we've talked about him a little bit, but do you agree that Kobe Fleener could be in line for a, a big-time season this year? Uh, Marcus, you take the floor first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think he will give you better numbers this year than he has in the past. Okay. But I don't know that suddenly he jumps in. Certainly he's – I mean, he's not Jimmy Graham. I'm not even sure that he gives you what Ben Watson gave you. Like, I mean, Watson kind of came out of nowhere. Oh, big time! To put up, big time. You know, he put up career <laughs> numbers, and that that just came out of nowhere. And I don't know necessarily that Kobe Fleener jumps in and does that. I mean, I would think that if he was capable of that, uh huh, he would have shown you something. And you know, I mean, you go back to what he did in Indianapolis, yeah. And it's not like he was always competing with Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen spent a lot of time hurt and not available for the Colts. You know, that's a great point. And Fleener was playing with a really good quarterback in Andrew Luck, and he still never put together those big-time numbers. So I'm not sure. And they're former teammates. They had chemistry already. Hey, they were roommates at Stanford. You might have heard. I didn't Um, know that. (laughs) <laughs> Did you know Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard? No. Right? I know. Really? Um. So, I don't know. I mean, he just – he'll be good. He'll be better than he has been. But I, I don't know that all of a sudden he jumps in and is immediately a must-have tight end. Uh, last year with the Colts, Kobe Fleener had 54 receptions for 491 yards and three touchdowns. Obviously, that was a disappointment. But Ben Watson, uh, to Michael Fabiano's point, that last year – again, Ben Watson, folks – uh, had 74 receptions and 825 yards to go along with six touchdowns. That's really good. Yeah. The the big hope with Colby Fleener is that he 
just assumes all the tight end targets that have been going to Jimmy Graham and then Ben Watson over the years. But that's not, yeah, that's jumping on the sure. assumption that's jumping on the assumption that he is that level of player. Like he is not a Jimmy Graham, and I'm not even sure he's a Ben Watson. Like Kobe Fleener's a big athletic guy, but to Marcus's point, we have not seen him put it all together at the NFL level yet. Isn't he kind of that in between type tight end too? Like like Jimmy Graham is is amazing as a move tight end, right? Amazing. He can he can catch it with the best of them, right? And then Ben Watson was on the field a lot because he was such a great blocker. Um, and his production was almost a, I don't know, I guess a, as a, a side piece to, to his ability to be able to block. That's why he's on the field. Kobe Fleener's kind of in between. He's not quite a good, as good at blocking as, as Ben Watson, and he's not quite as good at catching the ball as Jimmy Graham. I, I, I'm kind That's- of... Confused by the skill set. That that's fair. And my other concern with at first I was like, well, I might I might be willing to take a late round flyer on Colby Fleener just because he could be the red zone monster for them being six five or six six or whatever he is. Yeah, six six. But then they went out then they went out and drafted Michael Thomas, who I also think is gonna get a bunch of red that's zone. That's a good books. point. And I've just never been Colby Fleener's a, a fine NFL player, but I've never been like enamored with his game at the NFL level, so I, I'm Especially probably not, from the fantasy perspective. Yeah, I'm probably not going to be jumping on the Colby Fleener bandwagon. I know yeah. I know plenty are, and I, I understand the logic, but there are other places I would rather go than Colby Fleener looking for that sort of production. All right, let's do Daily Dap to get out. Why or is not? there another player that you'd like to oh, I think that's good. We can send people back to the draft kit to read yeah. all of Fabiano's analysis and more. And there you go. We will all be adding our top ten list to these pieces on the draft kit soon because, like, James, you wrote busts. Marcus right. wrote bargains. Mm-hmm. We're going to be collecting everybody else's top ten lists and putting them at the bottom of those so you have more expert lists to draw. Expert, I hate that term. More analyst lists <laughs> to draw from uh, as you're preparing for your drafts. But let's uh, let's get to daps. Let's do it. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. All righty, daily dap time. Marcus Grant, MG, my guy. What's up? Oh, uh, well, a couple quick things. I guess both semi-sad. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, today would have been Prince's birthday. Um, really? Yeah, today he would have oh, no. uh, he would have turned fifty-eight years old. So it's uh, I guess it's unofficially Prince Day on Twitter. Okay. Um. So you know, I don't know. Throw on some Purple Rain or something. Um. And uh, you know, just rock out, enjoy the day. Uh, other daily dap, I think, for me, obviously goes to Muhammad Ali. Yeah, uh, there you and go. Just the the greatness that was, and uh, you know, I you know, my dad and I spent a lot of time talking talking about it uh, over the weekend. I know that he was a huge Ali fan, and, and you know, I was up in the Bay Area this past weekend, um, and you know, uh, we spent a lot of time just kind of watching the remembrances on TV and just kind of uh, a lot of great about pieces, it. Um, a lot of great pieces, a lot of great stuff for uh, a, a an incredible man who uh, was. Way more complex than I think, uh, you know, he is being portrayed to be, and I think that I think that applies to anybody who lived the kind of life that he did, for sure. Um, but a man who I think was honestly maybe the most famous person of our lifetimes. That's a very good point. <laughs> you know, I mean, worldwide, no matter where yeah. you went in the world, you say the name, you show the picture, and and everyone knew who he was. So yeah, speaking to that complexity, man. I mean, I, I get that he um, was a hero to a lot of folks. Um, but, man, it's interesting. There's a lot of stories, too, about how he was a jerk to a lot of people, too. Yeah. Um, and he was a very complex guy. Um, you know, the fact that he was in his position and said, no, I will not fight in, in uh, a war that he deemed to be immoral. 
I to me that speaks more about his character than anything else. Yeah, well, and he's and his part of his argument too is he said my war is not over there, my war is right here, right? With you know, with the the civil rights movement and the, sure. the racial division in our own country. Uh, and and for him to stand up, can you imagine a, a modern day athlete in today's society doing something like that? Could you imagine? Yeah, like There's if, just if, no Cam, way. if Cam Newton did that right now if, and if, said no nah, i'm gonna go to jail for a couple of years and lose two years of my prime earning potential because of something that i believe in can you imagine anybody any athlete it would be insane can you imagine any they person would be, they would probably that? be vilified honestly in yeah. this in well this hot take I mean, sports talk think about it right I, now look cam newton is getting killed for dabbing <laughs> you know, you have soccer moms writing angry letters because Cam Newton dances after he scores a yeah. touchdown. So, yeah, it's just not. Although, I will say that, you know, while we'll never see that part, I think, of an athlete again. Right. Uh, Ali did inspire a lot of the, you know, the trash talk and a lot of the, you know, kind of right. more showmanship. And he uh, was the greatest. He was absolutely the greatest at it. But he certainly inspired a lot of the showmanship that we see from, from professional athletes. Which is, uh, especially from the boxing world, which is terribly unfortunate. Because people <laughs> just, it's like, you're not good at it, man. Stop trash talking. <laughs> like, no, your trash talk is weak. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Wizkid, what's up? Uh, two daps for me. Okay. Uh, first one, I, I'm probably going to dap it again once the season is over, but right. just want to throw out a daps to Game of Thrones this year. Okay. I think it's been fantastic. Been good. We've been, we've been through seven episodes now, and everybody I keep talking to is like, oh my God, I can't believe we're so, it's going so fast. I'm like, it's because every episode is great. There haven't been the episodes where you're like, oh man, I can't, like, everybody's can't, like, I can't wait till next week, but it's not like, okay, that episode was kind of a bummer, like, I can't wait till next week. It's just every episode has been good. There's been good dramatic arcs with uh, all the characters. Uh, Ian McShane was on this week's episode, one of my favorite actors from from Deadwood, and uh, it's been it's been great. So I'm very very in, enjoying the, very much enjoying the season. And then my second dap goes to uh, Big Bear, California. Which, okay, if you ever come out to California, hit it up, hit it up. It's worth a little stop. It's sure. a sleepy little town on the top of a mountain ma- uh, around a man-made lake. And uh, some friends and I, we started it when we, we were all transplants. We moved out here. We were like, let's get out of L.A. for a weekend. It takes like 90 minutes to get there. Like two, yeah, it's like two hours. Two hours to get up to Big Bear. You drive up the mountain. It's just this sleepy little town. We, we always rent a cabin. We get up. We grill out. It's we beautiful. might play some sports, go swimming, whatever. Sure. It's just a great little place to, to get out of. And one of the many things I like about California and living in Los Angeles is everybody's always like, oh, Hollywood, Hollywood. But I'm like... This area has so much to offer if sure. you just drive a couple well, hours. And that's what they say. I mean, you know, it's it's one of the few places in the world where you can go from the mountains to the beach in the same day. Yep. Right. You know? Yep. No, no, in, in winter, you could go skiing and then be like, let's go surfing and drive across. Right. Drive across a couple LA. hours to, uh, to the beach. There you go. So it's uh, cool. That's a very good point. Uh, Game of Thrones and Big Bear for the whiskey. You know, for me, it's I, I'm gonna, I'll give a daily dap to uh, Kimbo Slice. I know he wasn't the greatest um, fighter in the world, but man, was he entertaining. Oh, yeah. Man, was he entertaining. Oh, yeah. And RIP to Kimbo Slice, Kevin Ferguson, um, heard that news that came down. He was in his early 40s, passed away suddenly, and um, I was bummed out. I was like, man, really, Kimbo Slice? That uh, that did kind of bum me out there. But uh, it, it inspired me to go back and look at some of his uh, crazier YouTube videos when he was not a professional fighter but a uh an underground fighter fighting in the backyard um for any young fight fans out there if you haven't seen kimbo slice this guy i think he, he i i really honestly believe he was one of those guys that helped youtube succeed oh yeah and helped the sport of like mma succeed because you would tune in just be like what's kimbo gonna do what's kimbo gonna do yeah no he was it, it was crazy a highly entertaining dude 
was Kimbo Slice. So if you haven't seen some of his YouTube videos, and it's not for the kitties. It's not for the <laughs> kiddies. Uh, it's probably not safe for work either. But uh, but that being said, I did go down a Kimbo Slice wormhole uh, on YouTube la- uh, last night. So uh, daily daps to him. Undaps to the UFC. Speaking, staying with the MMA theme. Undaps to the UFC for just randomly picking on and pulling the credentials of Ariel Helwani. And they banned him for life. For what? Did you hear the second part of that story, though? He admitted to being their, like, paid shill. Well, I saw the Deadspin headline. I don't necessarily agree. Um, having worked in the indi- that, that side of that industry myself and, and being e- even in the industry where we are today, um, I don't necessarily agree with that as- assessment. I-, I get where they went to get that. I yeah. get it. But, eh, I don't know. I, I listened to the entire uh, MMA hour with uh, Ariel Hawani uh, yesterday. It was highly emotional. Uh, gave a lot of revealing things about what happens backstage, and 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 I can confirm a lot of that stuff uh, in terms of the feel and uh, and and basically how they run their operation. Um, I, I kind of described the UFC PR staff uh, kind of as like a bipolar girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> they are amazing at times i mean just amazing there's no there's no professional sport that will get you closer to their championship level athletes than the ufc i mean they will really go out of their way to make sure that you could get that media time that being said there's also not a more controlling uh entity in terms of you know how they want to control the the media message. So they've done both. Uh, they've done a great job by, by making their athletes uh, accessible. But again, they've just done a, a huge disservice uh, to their fans by basically blackballing Ariel Hawani for breaking a couple pieces of news. I mean, it just I don't know, man. It just to me, as a guy who was a journalist first um, and kind of a I guess a media personality, air quotes included second. I just was disappointed. Yeah. I was really disappointed by that, and, and I really do hope something changes, but it doesn't look like it will. So uh, for now, undaps to the UFC and, and support for Ariel Hawani, no doubt about it. All right, so there you go. That's our show. For the Whiskey from Wisconsin, for MG, my guy Marcus Grant, I'm James Coe. It's the NFL Fantasy Live podcast, nfl.com slash fantasy. See ya. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.